0: Good afternoon and welcome to this third in our series of seven
1: Easter Devotionals. My name is Larry Worthin. I'm the Executive, Executive Director of CMDA Canada, and I want to welcome you to our devotional series. Today we've got a special treat for you, we're going to hear from a dentist, Dr. Paul Zung, who practices at CAMH, which is a centre for people with uh, mental health difficulties. Paul's an interesting guy. Not only is he a dentist, but he also has a background in counseling and is a very, very deep, deep thinker and wonderfully profound follower of the Lord. Paul's going to take us to a very poignant meeting today, the meeting between Jesus and the disciples on the Sea of Galilee just after Jesus is raised from the dead. And that very touching part where he talks to Peter And says, Peter, son of John, do you love me more than these? And Peter says, Lord, you know that I love you. Jesus says, tend my flock. Of course, that scripture is John chapter 21, verses 1 to 15. And Paul really puts his heart into it. He's going to read us the scripture passage. And then immediately after, he's going to start speaking in the first person as Peter so that we can begin to understand or think about how Peter might have felt that day on the shores of the Sea of Galilee. And then later on, he's going to put himself into the role of Jesus and help us to understand maybe some of the thoughts that may have been going through Jesus' mind. I think we can all identify with Peter a little bit and that he denied Christ three times and then was asked to confirm his faith in Christ three times by the Lord after his resurrection. It's a beautiful spot where this is uh, supposed to have taken place. Uh, Ten years ago, my wife and I went to Tabgat, Israel, which is a tiny little village on the northwestern shore of the Sea of Galilee, where we stood on the beach and watched the waves of the Sea of Galilee gently lap onto the rocks of the shore. And we thought to ourselves, this could very well be where Jesus and Peter had that very profound encounter all those years ago. After Paul's talk, Samantha Rossi, a second-year medical student from the University of Toronto, is going to share her musical talents with us, and we're really appreciative to Samantha for taking the time to do this. And as I mentioned, this is the third of seven of these. Uh, We're going to do this until the end of May, and on May the 30th, which is a Saturday, we're going to have a shortened AGM for CMDA Canada, and a beautiful exhortation by Dave Stevens. Dave is the former CEO of a CMDA US, and Dave is going to talk on the theme of sufficient courage. Um, Dave is a fantastic dynamic speaker. We're really hoping that he's going to make us enthusiastic and encourage us to continue on with our mission, even in spite of the challenges of COVID-19. We would encourage you to send in your prayer requests. You can do that either by using the comment section on Facebook or you can phone us. Here's our one number. It's 1-888-256-8653. Uh, we have Lori standing by in the phones and she's willing to take all your calls. You can, I, we'll either send those to John so that he can include them in today's prayer, or if you would like any of us to pray with you, we'd be happy to do that after the broadcast today. John is our ministry lead who does a great job with our student ministries, and he's going to summarize what Paul has said and then incorporate some of your prayer requests. So we urge you, send in your requests. We are a community of believers. We need each other. We need each other's support. We need to know that with all the challenges that we face with COVID-19 and how our practices have been turned upside down, that still the Lord has a plan for our lives, just as he had a plan for Peter's life, which was beyond his wildest imagining, so also he has a plan for each of us in the midst of all this uncertainty. So thanks for joining us. Sit back, enjoy it, relax, and enjoy this next 30 minutes of the CMDA Easter devotional series.
2: God bless you. Warm greetings to you. My devotional message is entitled, A Second Catch? second chance it's based on two passages one from the calling of peter in luke 5 1 to 11 and the second from jesus reinstatement of peter in john 21 1 to 15. i'll read to you the latter in the new living translation later jesus appeared again to the disciples beside the sea of galilee this is how it happened several of the disciples were there simon peter Thomas, nicknamed the twin, Nathanael from Canaan, Galilee, and the sons of Zebedee, and two other disciples. Simon Peter said, I'm going fishing. We'll come too, they all said. So they went out in the boat, but they caught nothing all night. At dawn, Jesus was standing on the boat, but the disciples couldn't see who he was. He called out, fellas, have you caught any fish? No, they replied. Then he said, throw out your net on the right-hand side of the boat and you'll get some. So they did, and they couldn't haul in the net because there were so many fish in it. Then the disciple Jesus loved said to Peter, it's the Lord. And when Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put on his tunic, for he had stripped for work. He jumped into the water and headed for shore. The other stayed with the boat and pulled the loaded net to shore for they were only about a hundred yards from shore. When they got there, they found breakfast waiting for them, fish cooking over a charcoal fire, and some bread. Bring some of the fish you've just caught, Jesus said. So Simon Peter went aboard and dragged the net to shore. There were a hundred fifty-three large fish, yet the net hadn't torn. Now come have some breakfast, Jesus said. None of the disciples dared to ask him. Who are you? They knew it was the Lord. Then Jesus served them the bread and the fish. This was the third time Jesus had appeared to his disciples since he had been raised from the dead. After breakfast, Jesus asked Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs," Jesus told him. As I put myself in Peter's place, I'd have been overwhelmed at that moment from a whole mixture of thoughts and emotions. It happened just like that three years ago. We had worked all night with nothing to show for it, and Jesus said, "Go out deeper. Put your nets back in the water," and that's when we hauled out that fabulous first catch. The sermon he just preached from aboard my boat. Cut through my heart, and then his miracle cut through my sense of professional pride. Well, after all, how does a carpenter know more about fishing than a fisherman? But more than that, I was in the presence of absolute purity and power, and I felt ashamed, knowing that I was unclean. Lord, depart from me, for I'm a sinful man, I pleaded, tour now than ever before staring into the orange glow of that charcoal fire that Jesus made. I remember the last time I stared into a charcoal fire. That was when I swore in front of that servant girl that I didn't know Jesus. Yes, Peter the Rock, who boasted that he would remain by Jesus' side even if all others fled. Now disqualified from ministry, Peter defaulted back to what he knew best, fishing. And it's in the theater of Peter's competence and personal comfort zone that Jesus recreates the circumstances of Peter's first commissioning. Don't be afraid. I'll make you fishers of men. I have a hunch that Peter comes to embrace the supernatural and process what's startling to him by active response. It's a, he's the sort of person who needs to act on Christ's claims. Inviting him to full participation. Just look at the pattern. That stormy night when the disciples' boat was in danger of capsizing, as Jesus walked by on the water, who was it who asked for the dare? Lord, if it's really you, enable me to walk out to you on the water myself. And when Jesus was transfigured on the mountain and joined by Moses and Elijah, who was it who needed to honor each? with a building of a tent. Remember when Jesus overcomes Peter's reluctance to allow his master to wash his feet, saying, if you don't let me do this, you have no part in me. That's when Peter goes all in. Well, in that case, do my head and my hands as well. Even so, Peter needs help to process the full impact of the resurrection. He sees Jesus, so he gets it up here. But unless the risen Lord calls and empowers him to action, he may not get it deep down here. As for Peter, real claims are actionable claims. It's analogous to putting my dog in front of a Skype call. Normally, he'd be thrilled to greet my daughter and son. But he can't quite make any sense of her face or voice on the computer. She's not real to him unless he can. Smell her? Well, for Simon Peter, it's not real unless he can respond to Jesus existentially. I have a fire and fish cooking already, but bring over some of your fresh catch and let's eat it together. So Jesus prepared this déjà vu experience for his dear dejected friend and follower. This pair of miracles and the discourse that follows is designed to implant then re-implant this message deep inside Peter's heart. I know you're disappointed beyond measure in yourself, yet still I want you to shepherd my sheep, to feed my lambs. Can you appreciate the poetic power and beauty of Jesus' symbolic language? I called you into my service on the occasion of the first miraculous catch of fish. Then I offer you a second miraculous catch to let you know that I want to reinstate you into my service. And it will be that under my commission, your inadequacy will have effectiveness and fruitfulness beyond your imagination. Most of us, like Peter, have dual callings. One is to be a Christ follower and disciple maker, and the other is to be a caregiver within our own profession. Responding to both calls is sometimes a tough balancing act, and the demands of one sometimes puts constraints on your freedom to do what you would like to do, and the other. A lot of you, my sisters and brothers, are like me and like Peter in this no-man's land, don't know where things are headed or what I'm supposed to be doing right now. But there's some of you whom the Spirit has been nudging, for a while toward a dare, perhaps something as small as an unexpected act of kindness, or as big as a creative new path in the discipleship calling, whose end you couldn't possibly predict or guarantee. But maybe you haven't responded because the impulse seems strange or might cause you embarrassment. Maybe the busyness of the old routine and the professional calling has sapped all energy or initiative to respond to impulses of questionable origin from the discipleship calling. Maybe the desire for finding security in the familiar pulls you back into your comfort zone, your area of competence. But the resurrection completely rearranges the plausibility structures of our lives. If you dare answer his call, even when he points you in a direction whose outcome you couldn't engineer or guarantee, You'll give him the chance to confirm his resurrection in you. Ask Peter what could be more dangerously pointless than trying to walk on the water in a sea storm, or absurdly inappropriate than a lost sheep becoming Messiah's chief under shepherd who would pasture his flock against the fury of Rome? Jesus is calling us to reevaluate our call to discipleship in light of the fact that the world did its worst to break his heart, and he came back to love it with an oceanic, life-giving power. Christ ever reaffirms his intention to give his fullness to us and to draw others to himself, in spite of our moral failings, in spite of our lack of courage. So the bit of Peter in me wants to say to the bit of Peter in you, dare to do what he asks of you, And let him demonstrate that your life can be lived in the power of the resurrected Lord. Thank you.
3: I was tapping my toes to that song. Thank you, Samantha, for sharing your musical gifts with us with that song. That was beautiful. And Paul, once again, as always, he blows me away with a, a brilliant message. I actually had to watch this message probably like two or three times before I really got to the depth of what it is that Paul was saying. So I encourage you to watch it again. Maybe um, you're not as dense as me and, and you caught it all. But, uh, but there's a couple of things that I just wanted to highlight that Paul said that I think um, that we need to hear again. And uh, so, as you know, in his devotional, there are moments when he's playing the part where he's imagining that he's like Peter, and it's Jesus speaking to, to him. And um, so I just wanted to quote one of the things that Paul had said. So this is Jesus speaking to Peter. Um, and when Jesus is speaking to Peter, uh, he's most definitely sort of almost sort of speaking to us at the same time. So Paul says this, as Jesus to Peter, he says, I know you're disappointed beyond measure in yourself. Yet still, I want you to be, to be the shepherd of my sheep and to feed my lambs. I've called you into my service on the occasion of the first miraculous catch of fish. And then I offer you a second miraculous catch. And you know that I want to reinstate you into my service. And it will be under my condition that your inadequacy will have effectiveness and fruitfulness beyond your imagination. So your inadequacy will have effectiveness and fruitfulness beyond your imagination. I think that all of us feel sometimes a little bit inadequate when it comes to discipleship, following Jesus, being a leader in the community of faith. Um, But like Peter, um, God still calls us. Um, uh, If there's anyone who's inadequate, it was Peter. Uh, but but uh, but Peter is is the very uh, foundation that the, the the persona that he is is sort of the foundation of what it means uh, to follow jesus and, and so I would just encourage you if there 's been things that maybe God has been putting on your heart uh, over the last number of years or more recently that he 's calling you to do, um, you need to be like like Peter, just receive that invitation from Jesus as a call into discipleship and into following him as jesus leads you and i wanted to quote the second thing that that paul said and it's a call to action he says that jesus is calling us to reevaluate our call to discipleship in light of the fact that the world did its worst to break his heart and he came back to love it with his oceanic life-giving power wow paul you're a brilliant man this was such a great line of how jesus comes back um, after being crucified on the cross, that he is risen again. And then Paul continues Paul is ever, ever affirming his inten- or sorry, Christ is ever affirming his intention to give his fullness to us. Christ is ever affirming his intention to give his fullness to us and to draw others to himself in spite of our moral failings, in spite of our lack of courage. And then Paul says this dare to do what he asks of you. And let him demonstrate your, in your life that you can be used by God um, and share in his resurrection. And so I would just encourage you right now, maybe the Holy Spirit is moving in you. And, and maybe there's been things that you've been thinking about that, that God is calling you to do. Um, and, and, and now's the time to be praying and sharing that with someone else. Share it with your friends, some kind of an idea that you have. Text me. I put my number on the Facebook page there. Email me. I'd love to pray with you and to talk about maybe the things that maybe God is calling you to do. And, uh, and just remember that when Christ rose again, it just opened up the possibilities of what we can do with our lives. Cause we share in that resurrection power. And that's one of the things that Paul wanted to articulate in this devotional message. So thank you, Paul. You've blown me away once again. And uh, just so grateful for this devotional. Um, so we're going to wrap this up with, with some prayer. And I just want to see if anybody has put in any prayer requests on our Facebook page. And I don't see any at this very moment. But, oh, um, there, there is somebody who did ask for prayer last week that we didn't get a chance to pray for. And so I want to pray for Jonathan. Um, my name is Jonathan also, but it's not for me. It's someone else. Uh, we're going to pray for Jonathan. Um, we're also going to be praying just for our frontline healthcare workers. I mean, uh, this devotional series is meant as a, as a source of uh, encouragement for, for those on the front lines, but also for those who are, have had their lives turned upside down. Maybe it's your your clinical practice that's been turned upside down and had to close if you're a dentist or um, just whatever is going on in your life. COVID has dramatically changed our lives. And, uh, and so we want to pray for um, each one of us who are in these unique uh, situations because of COVID. And let's also remember our brothers and sisters in Nova Scotia uh, as they're still reeling from this tragedy uh, that uh, took place last week. So uh, so let's pray together. and, uh, And if you have any prayer requests, please put them on the Facebook page. I will pray for those things. And let's pray and believe for the power of the Spirit to be at work in your life. So let's go to the Lord. Father, I thank you so much for this devotional, God. I thank you for Paul, who once again has just uh, had such profound words and how how that we can experience what it's like to be Peter before Jesus and to be reinstated despite uh, our failures, despite our our moral wrongs. Uh, uh, God, you still call us. um, uh, And you have uh, brilliant, wonderful plans for our life, just as you had brilliant, wonderful plans for Peter. And so, Father, I pray that we would uh, live into those callings, Father, that we would not uh, listen so much to um, maybe our fears and feelings of inadequacy, Lord, but we would listen to the voice of Jesus, who says, I trust you, I believe in you, and I can bring beauty out of uh, even the most difficult situations. Father, we think of uh, just Jonathan, who asked for prayer last week, and we pray that you'd bless him in his circumstances, Lord, and uh, bring... um, Bring out uh, just fruitful um, uh, results for him, and 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 the thing that he needs to be uh, prayed for. Um, we also want to remember the province of Nova Scotia that's reeling from the uh, the recent tragedy that's happened there. Father, I pray that uh, for those who are directly affected, Father, that you would you would comfort their grieving hearts. God, um, that Jesus, you are, you the Man of Sorrows, and Holy Spirit, you the Comforter, that you would come in your power and your Majesty. and and minister to the people of Nova Scotia as they work through um, uh, this challenging time. And Lord, we lift up to you that our healthcare professionals, God, those on the front lines, God, also those who have had their practices turned upside down. May we know, Father, that uh, when things look bleak, uh, the way that it did for Peter, of just uh, everything going wrong all around us, Father, may we take hope in the power of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, uh, knowing that as we, fixate on it on him father uh that that our lives will be oriented uh in a way that uh that christ is is leading us and and is powerfully working through us and there's just a couple more prayer requests that came in uh praying for students with uncertainty in their training and also let's pray for those who have um, who need wisdom in reconfiguring uh their sabbatical year um so father we think of our students father some of the residents who um, are trying to figure out uh, what comes next. Uh, for some residents, uh, they haven't even been able to write the Royal College's exam. And uh, I know this has created a lot of anxiety for them. And so Lord, would you comfort them uh, through this difficult time? We think of clerks who um, were, uh, you know, their normal clerkship was cut short and then it's been uh, put on pause in some ways, Father. I pray that you would lead them forward, Father. I think of our second year students who are finishing up pre-clerkship and going into clerkship. And just need your leading in their lives, God. And uh, Father, we think of uh, um, just uh, this other person, Father, who just needs um, just prayer for working out their sabbatical year, Andrea Lowen. Uh, We just pray for, for her, Father. Um, it's, uh, everything has been upended by this virus, God. And I just pray that you bring resolve and bring peace and bring perfect order. Bring your shalom peace, Father, into this family. Father, that we could turn to Jesus and just know that you have a plan, that you are fully present with us through this challenge. Um, We'll leave it there for today. So thank you so much for joining us. I want to say a very special thank you to Stephanie Potter, who works behind the scenes, kind of like the Holy Spirit, who puts this all together on Zoom and on Facebook and whatnot. Uh, Join us again next week on Facebook Live here on our CMDA channel and uh, and, uh, pray with us and worship with us. I'm just so delighted to be with you and uh, wish you well and God's blessing um, as we go. So uh, receive this blessing. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen. Bye, everyone. Take care. God bless you.